Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Again, it's so good to see all of you here worshiping with us today. If I haven't had a chance to personally meet you, I'm Tony Walliser, and I'm one of the pastors here at Silverdale, and I get the privilege of sharing with you God's Word. So go and take your Bibles and turn in the New Testament to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, or if you've got a smartphone, you can open that app to Luke chapter 1. And do this as well. Take out your Bible study outlines. It's found right here in the center of your bulletin. You can follow along and take notes as we study God's Word together. We're beginning a Christmas series for the next four weeks called You're Invited. Why? Because every person a part of the Christmas story was invited to that story by God. Now, I know that many times when we come to the Christmas story, we're like, I've heard all this before. I've grown up listening and hearing about all the Christmas stories. I know all the stories, ho-hum, boring. You know, that's the way sometimes it is when we come to the Christmas season. But I don't want it to be that way. I mean, sometimes it's sort of like this older couple, you know, they're 90 years old, they're on the front porch, and the husband looks over to the wife and says, sweetheart, I'm proud of you. She was hard of hearing. She goes, what'd you say? He said, I'm proud of you. And she looks back at him and says, well, I'm tired of you too. Well, sometimes that's the way we are. We're just, ah, uh, these, these, you know, stories, I'm tired of them. They're old. I know all about it. But I don't want it to be that way. I want us to come with fresh eyes, a renewed heart, childlike faith that says, okay, God, I want to know what they experienced. What was it like for Mary and Joseph that very first Christmas when you invited them to your story called Christmas? You see, every person that was a part of the Christmas story was invited there by God. That's why we're calling this series, You Are Invited. Now, invitations are special, aren't they? I mean, whether you're invited to a wedding or invited to a party or invited to some special event, you go, I've been invited. I've been thought of. Somebody thought, you know, enough of me to invite me, to to invite me into their world. And suddenly, you know what, You, you, you feel accepted by somebody. I mean, think back through the invitations of your life. Maybe in high school you're invited to a special party. Or maybe you were invited to the prom. Or think about your spouse, the very first date that you were invited to. Or maybe a friend who invites you to coffee or to lunch, and invitations make you feel special. Why? Because you've been thought of. Well, that's what God does. God makes four invitations in the Bible for the Christmas story. And what we're going to do is each week we're going to look at the invitations that God has given and learn from them how does God invite us in the very same way. And the Christmas story begins where it should, with Mary. I mean, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, Mary was this obscure girl. She was a poor girl outside of her town, Nazareth. Nobody even knew who she was. And yet there's something about Mary that intrigues us. You know what it was? Her simple childlike faith. 
I mean, she's an ordinary girl with incredible, extraordinary faith. Now, when we come to Mary, typically the church has gone to one or two extremes. You have on the one extreme where people sort of exalt Mary so much that Jesus is secondary to the whole story. And they even pray to Mary, which is blasphemous as far as I'm concerned. And then the other extreme is just totally ignore Mary and don't give her any esteem that she deserves. So we're not going to worship Mary and we're not going to ignore Mary. No, today let's learn from Mary. And so let's look from Luke chapter 1, the the things that she learned about God's invitation. So I want you to learn several things about God's invitations today. Jot them down in your outline. Number one is this. First of all, God's invitations may seem like interruptions. God's invitations may seem like interruptions. Now the story starts with sort of Mary's backstory. It, check it out. It's found in Luke chapter 1 verse 26. The Bible says this. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town where in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, I love those details because it's like God is zooming down from heaven all the way down to this region, all the way down this town, down to this house, down to this little girl called Mary. I don't know if you ever did Google Earth before and search your house on Google Earth. That's exactly how it happens. It starts up in the stratosphere, and you see the earth, and then it zooms down to the United States, and then it zooms down to Tennessee, then it zooms down to Chattanooga, then it zooms down to your neighborhood, and then it zooms down to your home. Well, that's what God's doing in these verses. He says, I want you to know where this started. It started from heaven. It zoomed down to this region called Galilee, then to this little town called Nazareth, then down to this little home. Oh, just not any old home in Nazareth. No, it's the home of this girl, this girl called Mary, who's engaged to that specific guy. And you really want to zoom down? She's a virgin. Woo, that's zooming down, right? So what's the deal? Why, Why does God give us these details? It's real simple. God knew where Mary was. Can I tell you something? God knows where you are. God knows where you are. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, God knows where you are. God knows where you are. That may scare some of you. Whoa, what? Hey, now here, here's the thing. Here's Mary. She has now been invited. She's going to be invited by God. Now, who is this girl? Now, she's probably 14, 15, maybe 16 years old. You see, in that culture, when a girl would go through puberty, the family would then arrange a marriage. And so she's engaged. She is betrothed, okay? And that betrothal will last about a year. And so here's this young girl, recently engaged, and just imagine, again, think of it from her perspective. She's amped up about this. I mean, you take Mary and put her in our culture today, what's going on? This is a teenage girl. She's excited about her wedding. I mean, she's searching on Pinterest for wedding ideas, I mean, she's looking for her wedding dress. She's thinking about what the wedding's going to look like. Oh, my goodness, all her dreams are coming true. She is practicing her last name for all the future checks she's going to write, right? I mean, the fact is, is this girl is amped up. Her dreams are coming true. And now God's coming with this announcement that's going to totally rock her world. Check it out. Look at how it starts, verse 30. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And you're like, circle the word favor there. That word literally means graced. You are graced by God. You have the favor of God. You have the blessings of God on your life. Now, I don't know about you. If God's handing out some favor, I won't in on that, right? 
But you know what? Many times God's blessings seem like an interruption. You've heard me say this before. The blessings of God will complicate your life. Now look, sin will complicate your life in a negative way. But the blessings of God will complicate your life in a positive way. When Susan and I got married, it complicated our lives. But praise God for 34 years of complications. And you know what? God complicated our lives four times. We named them Luke, Philip, John, and Rebecca. And I can't imagine my life without those complications. Listen to me. The favor of God means complications. If you want the blessings of God and favor of God, just understand it comes with a cost. It comes, comes with, you know what, some inconveniences, some complications. Here's Mary. She's blessed by God. Now, we can look at it and go, I don't know. I mean, think about it. What's it going to look like? Let's see. Um, pregnant outside of wedlock. Remember, she's not married yet. And um, probably going to be rejected by every other person in her town. I mean, in her mind, blessing of God means what? Oh, love at first sight. A destination wedding. You know what? A romantic honeymoon, and we live happily ever after. I mean, I'm watching Hallmark like the rest of you, right? I mean, that's what we think. That's the blessing of God, that is. But no, no, no. God said, okay, I'm going to rewrite your script. The blessing of God means, okay, um, you're going to be betrayed and rejected by people. Oh, it's going to mean um, you're going to have a donkey ride down to Bethlehem when you're about due. And you know what? Um, you're gonna, there's, God's script is no room in the inn. And God's script is the child's going to be born in a stable, and you're not even going to have a bassinet. Now, you've you got a feed trough for him. And how about this? You're going to have to run for your life in the middle of the night, and you're going to live as refugees in Egypt. That's the blessing of God. Now, you go, oh, oh, that doesn't seem like the blessing of God. I know. God's invitations are disguised to the blessings of God. But here's the point. Jot this on your outline. God's interruption is an invitation to something greater. Anytime God interrupts your life, it is always an invitation for something greater. I mean, study the scriptures, you always see that. Think of Moses. God interrupted his life one day with a burning bush, and God invited him to become the deliverer of the nation of Israel from Egypt. It's the same thing. Check it out. Look at how God's calling Mary to something greater than she could have ever planned in her life. Look at it, verse 31 angel says now listen you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him jesus look how he's described he will be great he will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end can you imagine the emotions this teenage girl's going through on the one hand she's like I'm going to be the, the mother of the Messiah. Whoa. And then suddenly, oh my goodness, no one's going to believe in a virgin birth. I mean, it's never been done before. It'll never be done in the future. What are people going to say about me? You see, many times, whenever God gives us invitations, we initially see them as an interruption of God. And because we're not sensitive to God, we, we just can't imagine that this would all work out, and so we just reject what God's invitation may be. I know many of your stories. They were interruptions, but they became invitations from God. 
See, there's many in our church that didn't grow up in church. They didn't know God. And you know what happened? People in our church invited them, right? And I know how your story is. I've heard it over and over again. At first you go, nah, I don't think so. Ain't got time for church. No, thank you. I'm not going to be involved in that. And, but what happens? Silverdale people do not take no for an answer. And so they keep hounding you and keep inviting you. And then what happens? Eventually you go, okay. And you come. I can endure an hour. Okay, get you off my back. And you come. And suddenly God speaks to you. And maybe a lyric from a song or something said in a message. And then suddenly God starts working in your heart and wooing you. And you come back and you keep hearing God speak to you. And eventually you come to the place where you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And your life is totally different. Why? Because the invitation that seemed like an interruption, God had greater things for you. That's always the way it is. God had greater things for you. God's got greater things for Mary. Let's look at those verses again, and let me break down what the angel is saying. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son. That means, Mary, you're going to get pregnant, right? And you will name him Jesus. The name Jesus means Savior. He will be great. That word great is in Greek, mega. That means he is superior to all. And will be called the Son of the Most High. That means he is the biological offspring of God himself. He's going to be born of a woman, fully human. He's going to be conceived and born of God, fully God. My pea brain cannot comprehend it, but Jesus is going to be the perfect God-man. And now look at the kingdom terms. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That means he's the promised Messiah. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. He will reign not just for his lifetime, but forever and forever and forever. That's amazing. That's who Jesus Christ is. One of my favorite songs at Christmas time is Mary, Did You Know? And I love that song because I've got to believe that. I mean, it's like, you know, when you study verses 31 through 33 and all the things that the angel predicted about Jesus, you, you go, Mary, did you really comprehend all that? Did you like grasp all that? Do you really know who this baby is going to be? Think about that as you hear this song now, Mary, Did You Know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will someday walk on water? your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And this child that you've delivered will soon Your baby boy will call. 
It would be hard to comprehend all that Jesus was going to be, wouldn't it? And yet this interruption, this invitation was actually an invitation to something that was much greater. And it's the same way with you. God's invitations may seem like an interruption, but it's always an invitation to something greater. But there's a second truth I want you to see about Mary's invitation and yours as well. Jot this down. God's invitations may seem impossible. God's invitations may seem impossible. In fact, many times that's how you know it's God. Because God works the impossible and calls us to the impossible. So Mary hears this information and goes, uh, this can't be possible because I've never been sexually intimate with anybody before. Right? Check it out. Look at the question she asked, verse 34. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And specifically, she says, I am still a virgin. This is biologically impossible. It's like the Grinch who stole Christmas. Whenever Christmas Day came, when it says that he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Well, that's the way it was with Mary. Mary cannot comprehend this. I don't get this. I don't understand this. This is inconceivable. This is impossible. This is biologically impossible. Now, let's pause there just for a second. Because some of you may, when you think about the virgin birth, you go, really, is it all that necessary? Do we really need to have a virgin birth? Really, is it all that important? Well, it's probably more important than you realize. You see, the fact is, is that because Mary was a virgin, that means Jesus did not have a human father. Yes, had a human mother, but not a human father. His father was divine. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. What does that mean? That means that Jesus had a divine nature, not a sinful human nature. 
You see, the sin nature is passed through the male seed. Because Jesus was not conceived of a male seed, Jesus did not have a sin nature. And because Jesus did not have a sin nature, he could therefore become the perfect, sacrificial, sinless one for our sins. And therefore, because he's the sinless Savior, we can be forgiven of our sins. So think about it. If there's no virgin birth, that means that Jesus could not be the sinless Savior, which means you cannot be forgiven of your sins. Do you understand how important the virgin birth is? You see, that's what's going on here. Now, you may go, but I don't understand it. Uh, This seems medically, you know, biologically impossible. I can't comprehend this. Well, if you can't comprehend it, join the club. Neither could Mary, right? And yet, we're talking about God here. God has no limits. He is all-powerful. If our God can speak the world into existence, I don't think a virgin birth is all that hard for him, right? In fact, check it out. That's, in essence, what the angel says. Look what he says in verse 35. The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now look down at verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. Some of you needed to hear that today. Nothing will be impossible with God. In fact, turn to the person next to you and remind them, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Some of you are facing an obstacle, and you need to be reminded that, you know what, nothing's impossible with God. Now, I get it. It may be impossible with you and impossible with humans, but nothing is impossible with God. And and so jot down this application point. Jot this down. What is God asking you to do that seems impossible? What is God asking you to do that seems impossible? You see, so many times God invites us to a plan that's different than our plans, and we look at it and go, that's impossible. I can't do what God's calling me to do. I can't do what God's asking me to do. This is impossible. I know it's impossible, but God's calling you to live out and do the impossible. I mean, you may be here, and you go, you know what? I know God's word, you know, commands me and tells me to forgive people. Well, I can't forgive that person. This person's wounded me, hurt me too much. I cannot do that. I get it. It's impossible in your own strength. But with God, all things are possible. You, you may go, I know God calls me to be generous to his kingdom and tithe and give. But, and, you know, I don't know God promises to take care of us when we give to his kingdom. But uh, I don't, just don't see how this will financially work out. I get that. But God does the impossible. You may go, well, I, I, there's no way that our marriage could ever be good again. There's no way God could ever heal our marriage again. It's impossible. I get it. But with God, it is possible. Or you may say, you know what? I can't see how I can ever reconcile with my child. We've said too many things. We've gone too far. I'm telling you, God can do the impossible. Or you may be here and you say, well, you know what? Uh, I just don't know why I should pray for that person to be healed. The doctor says, get ready for the end of his life. I'm telling you, our God can do the impossible. He does the impossible. And God calls you to do the impossible. You go, how? It's the very same way it was with Mary. I mean, yes, Mary is special, but the very same Holy Spirit that came upon Mary and overshadowed her is the very same Holy Spirit that will come upon you and overshadow you. I mean, that's what the Bible says. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are now the temple of God's Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 1 John 4 says, greater is he who lives within you than he who's in the world. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do the impossible. 
That's what God's called you to do. The impossible. Invitations of God, you know what? They seem like an inconvenience, and they seem impossible. But I'm so thankful that Mary believed. You see, Mary's response needs to be our response to God's invitations. And so, let's jot this down. Here it is. This is our response. Number three, God's invitations require response. God's invitations require response. Now, most of the time, whenever you get a formal invitation to something, it will have this simple acronym, RSVP, right? This little cryptic words, RSVP, what, what does it mean? Well, it's an abbreviation for French words, responde subiple. How do you like my French? It just simply means respond, please. Well, God gives you an invitation. You know what he says? Respond, please. Now, typically, when we get, you know, formal invitations, we set it aside. and We go, I'll think about that later. I'll respond later on. I may get back to that. And many times we forget all about it, and we don't. And that's what we do with God, too. But I'm so thankful that Mary did not. Mary responded to God. He didn't, she didn't ignore God's invitation. Look at how she responded. Verse 38 is incredible. She says this. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left. Now, from that one verse, we're going to learn the two aspects of response, how you and I need to respond to God. Jot them on your outline. First of all, when God's invited you to something, you need to respond to God by letting go of control. You need to respond to God by letting go of control. Let me make a confession to you. I'm a little bit of a control freak. I am. But you know what? So are you. You see, I like to be in control. I like to be in control of the television. I like to be in control of the highway. I like to be in control of my family and my kids and my wife and everything that happens in church. Pretty much, I like to be in control of the world. You see, I've got a plan, and I like my plan. And I don't like letting go of my control. And yet, that's exactly what God calls us to do constantly. Mary has been invited by God to do something that seems impossible. And yet, what does she respond? Look at it in verse 38 again. She says, I am the Lord's servant. You know what she's doing? She's reminding herself who she is and whose she belongs to. I worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm his servant. I, I, I worship the God of the universe. He's the one who commands me. I don't command him. I am his servant. I belong to him. He can tell me what to do. I belong to him, right? Now, for her to come to this point means, okay, God, you can rewrite my life, right? I mean, I'm sure that Mary had her life, you know, scripted out, okay? She's young. She's in love. She's engaged to this godly man. Oh, my goodness. You know what? We're going to get married. We're going to have this great wedding, and um, we're going to have babies, and everybody's going to look at me as this good girl. But now that whole script has been thrown out, and now she's looking at her life, and she says, okay, God, you can redefine my life. I surrender all. You can rewrite the script. No one's going to believe that I'm a virgin still. People are going to call me a tramp and a whore. I may lose every relationship, including, including my fiancé, Joseph, and I don't have a clue what raising the Son of God looks like. And all of this just seems totally impossible. But Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. 
Did you know that God invites you to do exactly the same thing? God invites you to let go of your control. Now, whatever God's inviting you today is not harder than what he invited Mary to do. But you've got to respond in exactly the same way. You've got to say, okay, Lord, you can rewrite the script. I got my plans, but you know what? God, you have the right to rewrite my plans. I'm letting go of control. That's the first response to God's invitation. Now, Jesus asked us a question. Look at it. It's found in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Jesus says this, an amazing question. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? That's a good question. Why do we call Jesus Lord and not obey him? I'll tell you. Here's the reason why. We don't let go of control. The reason why we call Jesus Lord with our lips but don't follow him as Lord is because we do not let go of control. The first response to God's invitation in your life is always, i got to let go of control. But there's a second response that Mary gives us as well. Jot this on your outline. You've got to respond to God's invitation by believing his word. You respond to God's invitation by believing his word. One of the greatest statements of faith is Mary's words at the end of verse 38. Look at what she says. She says, Lord, may it be done to me how according to your word. God, though I don't understand this, and this is going to totally inconvenience my life, you're good, you're you're God, and so God, I'm releasing control, and I don't understand it, but I'm going to believe what your word says. Let it be, Lord, according to your word. Now, many of you know that I'm a huge Beatles fan, and one of the last Beatles hits was a song called Let It Be. It was written from verse 38. Paul McCartney wrote, When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Now, many times we hear that, okay, let it be, okay, you know, okay, sirrah, sirrah, you know, whatever, you know what, you know, it's just whatever, I'm going to just, you know, let it be. No, 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 no. This is a response of faith and surrender. Okay, Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Lord, Lord, let it be. It's a response of faith, God. Let it be according to your word. Did you know that if you're going to respond to God, it is always in faith? It has to be. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You must respond in faith. You may go, well, what does it mean to have faith? Let me tell you what faith is not. Faith is not some blind leap. No, we're responding to a faithful God, and we have the firm foundation of the Word of God. It's not a blind leap. Also, faith is not a bad choice. Okay, God, this is going to ruin my life, but I'm going to say yes to you. No, you worship a loving God, and His will for you is always good, always acceptable, always perfect. So you go, well, what is faith? Well, faith is this bold conviction. It's a deep assurance that God will do what he says in his word will do. And so whenever God invites you and you respond in obedience to God's word by faith, that's when the miracle happens. When you say yes to the word of God, suddenly the spirit of God will overshadow you and fill you and empower you. And next thing you know, you're doing the impossible. Why? Because you said yes. And believe God's word. I could give you hundreds of examples. Let me give you a personal one. 34 years ago, I was serving in a church in Florida. Probably about a half an hour from the family farm that I grew up on. Maybe less than an hour away from the beach. Awesome location, okay? And then this church in Chattanooga called me up. And I had never even been to Chattanooga. Never heard of Silverdale Baptist Church before. 
And they call me up and they say, hey, would you consider serving in Chattanooga with us? And so I begin to dialogue with them and I'm starting to feel like, you know what, this may be God's will. And I had made several ministry moves that hadn't always been the best for our family. And so Susan came to me and she said, Tony, you know what, I really need a word from the Lord on this. I said, okay, that's great. Well, she had been studying the life of Moses, and then she was in Exodus 33, and God was telling Moses that he was going to send him somewhere, and Moses had this prayer. Moses said, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, please don't send us up from here. And you know what God's promise was to Moses? God's promise to Moses was, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. And so Susan's prayer from that day forward began to be, oh God, Please don't send us up from here unless your presence goes with us. Well, they flew us here from Florida, and somebody picked us up at the airport, and they took us here for an interview at the church. And do you know what verse was on the church marquee out on Bonnie Oaks? Uh, Exodus 33, 14. My presence will go with you. And I will give you peace. And as soon as we saw God's word, it was a confirmation in our heart. And we said, we're coming. I mean, the committee didn't even know we're coming. But we knew we were coming. And can I tell you something? That response to God's word has become the greatest adventure and blessing of our life. It seemed like an invitation, but it was an invitation from God for something greater. And it's the same way with you. God issues you invitations. They're always going to be inconvenient. It's always an invitation to something greater. And so what do you need to do? You need to say, okay, God, this may seem impossible, but I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you. I surrender all. And whenever you have that kind of faith, you're going to be answering, just like Mary did, God's invitation by believing. Let's believe this year. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a six-week sermon series called Jesus in the Midst. John chapter 13 and 14 record Jesus's final words to his disciples in the upper room. They're about to enter the darkest moment in history, and Jesus shares with them the essentials of what they need to walk through them. You know, the things they needed in the midst of their darkest hour are the same things we need in ours. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. Lastly, there are so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing at Silverdale. We really want you to feel welcome and apart, so please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on all our different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.